0: unto the Lord. Make me what you want to me. Whatever the Lord wants us to be, you see, we need to be flexible in the hands of the Lord so that He can make us. We cannot say that we want to make our own lives. In fact, we don't have the capacity and the authority To make us what we think we want to be. It is only Christ, our Lord, who would make us what he wants us to be. Hallelujah. And that is why I believe tonight, the topic for this teaching is Doing What All Things by the Word of God. And from this song, Ministration, it means you and I, cannot do anything outside the Word of God or outside the will of God. And my prayer tonight is that, Lord, even as we sit through this service this evening, as we have heard through the song ministration, you have a purpose for us, that we may be a vessel unto you Even our offering cannot be ordinary. It must fit your purpose. It must fit what you want us to be. And therefore, tonight, as we go through this teaching service, let your word minister to us, whether in the temple or in our homes, wherever we are. May you speak to our hearts. So that in the days coming whatever we do will allow you to make us because we have no right we have no authority to make anything else but what you purpose for us father we thank you and bless you in the name of jesus christ amen So tonight we are sharing on the topic, doing all things according to the word of God. Doing all things according to the word of God. And this topic is derived from our theme for this year, which is based on Luke Chapter 11, verse 28, which says, Blessed are they who not only hear, but keep it. But he said, Ye rather, blessed are they, that hear the word of God, and do what? They keep it. And the emphasis on the keeping, what are we keeping it for? so that we can do what He wants us to do. We are keeping it in our hearts, in our spirits, wherever, as we keep it, so that as we ought to do anything in our lives, we refer to it. Is, that, is it in accord with what God wants us to do? Is it in line With the word of god because we are keeping it for a purpose so that every step that we take must be in line with the word of god and i believe that even as we are sharing on this the topic says all things everything that we do must be in accordance with the word of god for our teaching Tonight, I'll try and look at why we need to do all things according to the Word of God. And then we'll look, secondly, at some areas. We certainly cannot cover every area. But what areas can we cover for the time that we are here? And then we'll draw some conclusions. Hallelujah. So why do I need to do all things according to the word of God? Which areas of my life for tonight? And then we'll draw some conclusions. The very first point which I have noted and which I think we'd like to share as to why we need to do everything according to the word of God can be found in Psalm 139 verse 16. Psalm 139, verse 16. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being imperfect, in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, where as yet there was none of them. Maybe let's look at the NLT. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. So every day of my life, every day of your life, God said, It's been recorded. Now, if you believe in this verse, I I also do believe. I ask myself, what has been written as far as I'm concerned? What has been written as far as you are concerned? And the things that you are doing, if God opens your eyes, To see what is in that book, is it in line with the things that you are doing? If what you and I are doing is not in line with what has been recorded in the book against my name, then what am I doing? It means we have come to the point where we think that we can do things without God. We think we have the will to do what pleases us. As they say in Europe and other places, when the children get to 16, they say we are on our own. So we think we are on our own. So we can do what pleases us. But I realise that even Christ did not do that. In Hebrews chapter ten, verse seven. Christ even was mindful of the fact that something has been written concerning him. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. So even Christ did not take any liberty. He did not take any liberty to do his own will. It is therefore not surprising even at the first wedding that he attended, he said, it is not my time. At the point when he had done some miracles and they wanted to bundle him and make him a king, he said, the time is not yet. You dare not make me a king. At the time when he was humiliated, he allowed himself to be humiliated because that was in accordance to what has been written of him. And that is why if you and I we don't know what has been written concerning us. Then we do the things that we are doing without reference to God. And for how long can we continue doing the things that we are doing? Remember the theme for this year is blessed. You see, sometimes we are doing some things, we are making some success. But if you read Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, he talks about good success. And that is what you and I need. We don't need what I may call any two by four success. A success that we can pass on to generations. And those success can only be attained if we meditate on the word of God and live our lives according to the word of God. If we don't do so, we may on our own attain some success but for a short period. But brethren... If our success must be good, if our lives ought to be a blessing, it must be according to what God has written in his book. And I think that also for the time has come for all of us, more than ever, to hear what God is always speaking to us. The time has come for all of us to be more spiritual than ever. More than ever. The time has come for us to hear what God is saying. And indeed, if God has not spoken, I will say don't move. The time has come for us to hear and see what God is saying. Either directly in His Word or what He is saying to us. The voice He is speaking but we are not hearing. Either face to face or in dreams or in visions, God is speaking. But is it but because we think that we can do things on our own, without even reference to what God has written in His book, we are like free rangers? We are doing what pleases us. But better let's remember that there is a book that God has written every day of our life. Concerning us. And therefore, from now on, day and night, if it means we need to spend more time in the presence of God to hear from Him, let's spend time and hear from Him. If you and I cannot even recognize the voice of God, we need to begin to let God teach us how we can hear His voice. Because we cannot do anything Without Him, Hallelujah. In Isaiah chapter 49, verse 1 to 6, quickly Isaiah 49, verse 1 to 6. Listen, as unto me, and how can ye people from afar? The Lord hath called me from the womb; from the bowels of my mother have He even mentioned my name. Do we even know the name God has given to us? But we are moving on. Verse 2. He hath made my mouth like a sharp sword. In the shadow of his hand hath he hid me, and made me a polished shaft. In his quiver hath he hid me. Verse 3. And he said unto me, Thou art my servant. Do you even know that God has called you his servant? O Israel, in whom I will be glorified. Then I said, I have labored in vain. You see, we are laboring in vain because we don't know what God has said concerning us. I have spent my strength for nothing. And that's what most of us are doing. We are laboring. We are spending the strength. But that labor and the strength, who told us? We are doing things in vain. Surely my judgment is of the Lord and my work with my God. And now the Lord says, Who formed me from the womb to be his servant, to bring Jacob back to him, so that Israel is gathered to him. For I shall be glorious in the eyes of the Lord, and my God shall be my strength. Maybe the last verse, verse 6. Indeed he says, It is too small a thing that you should be my servant to raise up the tribes of Jacob and to restore the preserved ones of Israel. I will also give you as a light to the Gentiles that you should be my salvation to the ends of the earth. Which is even right from our womb. If we don't know what God wants us to do, we'll be laboring in vain our strength will be wasted because we don't know. Thank God for John the Baptist, his father, there was a revelation, the angel spoke, and he himself prophesied. It is therefore not surprising that for John the Baptist, for example, someone whose father was a high priest, he has to be in the wilderness. I believe that if the word has not come through, he would have said to himself, as a son of a high priest, what am I to do in the wilderness? But thank God, the word came forth. So it didn't bother him to be in the wilderness and to eat wild honey. And that is why you and I, if we have no idea What God has said concerning us, even if they say go to the wilderness, you say you have been punished. But if God has spoken, and you know the will of God, and you want to do all things according to the will of God, you will stay in the wilderness. Hallelujah. You know, I know a man of God, peace house, in charge a lot of global teaching, To do the work of Christ. He said, people come to him and said, why are you in this desert? Why are you sitting in a wilderness? Why don't you move and go to Lagos city? That is the thinking of man. The thinking of man is that when he gets to a certain point and they think you are doing well, go to a city. But he said, God has told me to dwell. In this wilderness. And that is where God is using him to be a blessing to the whole world. I believe the day he will move to the city, it will be a different story. And that is why I am saying more than ever, what is God telling you? When God has told you, let's look at Matthew 117 to 8 Again, concerning John the Baptist. Matthew 117 to 8 because of what the parents had said. He said, As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? No. Verse 8. But what did you go out there to see? A man clothed in soft garments? No. Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in the king's houses. But where did we see John the Baptist? But what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, to say more than a prophet. So that is why John the Baptist was in the kind of clothes he was wearing. He was not wearing soft clothes. Word of God says those who wear soft clothes are in the palace. You see somebody in a three-piece suit. You are also copying. What has God written about you? If you know what God has said about you, You'll even know what to wear. In Hebrews chapter 11, verses 37 and 38, Hebrews 11:37,38, it said they were stoned, they were sun ascender, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in skins, in goat skins, being destitute, afflicted. And tormented. Verse thirty-eight, of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and in caves of the earth. These were people who had heard from God, and therefore, if they wandered in deserts, and they wore clothes just like sheepskins, they knew why. And that is why, if you're an observer, and you see why is this person wearing this. You don't know what you have from God. That is what I'm saying. You and I, more than ever, let's hear what God is saying. If we hear what God is saying, even what we shall wear, we will know that it is of God. Because if you are meant to be in the desert, you don't wear three-piece suit and sit in the palace. But when you don't know, then you do all things without what God is telling you. But my prayer is that from tonight... We'll do all things according to the word of God. Hallelujah. So that is the very first point. Where we we'll want to do things concerning what God has said. And don't think that these are big things. There was once, you know, I don't know how many of you know the brand called Nest. It's the clothing material. And I thought it was quality. So I wore one's face, and when it faded out, I said, I wanted to go and buy another brand of net shirt. But then as I was walking on the streets of London, I heard a voice, do you have to go and buy a net shirt? Indeed, I thought somebody was behind me. But when I turned, there was nobody. So it's like God was saying, why go buy that brand? That is a common shirt. But to God, it's not a common shirt. He wants us to do all things according to his word. But if we don't hear him, we'll always misfire. But from tonight, nothing is little in the sight of God. Hallelujah. The second point why we need to do all things according to the word of God is that life is spiritual. Life is spiritual. Life is not scientific. Life is not sociological. Life is spiritual. If life is spiritual, then you need to hear from what God is saying. And even know what the enemy is opposing. In Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the verse two, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And for some versions say, it was chaotic, shapeless. Tonight, if there is anything in our life which is without form which is void and there is darkness and you don't know what to tend to. It is not always. That science will give you the answer. In the midst of that situation where there was void and without form, the earth was without form, it didn't take science to bring it back. It didn't take scientists to bring that shapeless thing back, when there was darkness in the face of the deep, there was the spirit of the Lord. And then what happened? God spoke. In your life today, where you don't know where to turn to, it is not always scientific. You may apply all the protocols of science, It might not take you anywhere. But if only God will speak into that situation that looks hopeless, you will see a change. You will see a change. The whole earth was without form. Chaotic. Chaos. Darkness. Where were the scientists But because the spirit of God was present. And God spoke. I'm sure we all know the story of the creation. In all the verses. It was God who spoke. It was God who spoke. And as God spoke. Things began to happen. Do we see the reason why we need to hear from God? That is why I'm saying more than ever. Because you may have been going through some challenges. You have tried and tried and tried. Probably you are seeking a scientific solution. But I want to believe that the day God will speak in that situation, there shall be light. There shall be light. Because God would have spoken. That is why we need to do all things by the word of God all things by the word of God. Because I'm saying life is spiritual. But I think that we have ignored the spiritual aspects for far too long. In fact, we don't even pay attention to it. We only concentrate on what our eyes can see, what our ears can hear, what our mouth can speak. But when you lift the veil, everything is spiritual. And those things are controlling the natural and the physical. So if you don't know what is in the spiritual, how do you change the physical situation? You and I need to be more spiritual than ever. And go to God, go on our knees, go into His Word, let God speak concerning our situation. And there shall be happiness. There shall be happiness. And sometimes even as God is speaking, the devil is also counteracting. You know the story of the Israels when they were in captivity. Daniel Later you can read Daniel chapter 9 verse 10. They have found themselves in captivity, but it will not take a military expedition to bring them out. It was Daniel who read the word of God and saw that there is something they needed to pray about. And as he prayed, we are told in Scripture that some demons and evil spirits resisted the answer. That is why I'm saying life is spiritual. You may be in some captivity or some bondage. You may have prayed. God has sent the answer. But some evil ones are standing in your way. Unless God changes the situation. You may be marking time for 38 years. That is why I'm saying life is spiritual. Hallelujah. It is not scientific. And we need to go to God and hear what God is saying all the time. Not sometimes. I'll give you a testimony. My wife lost, maybe a will know, two children, 1994, 1995. A gyny doctor, today he's a professor, running his, built his own medical school. He didn't have an answer. A professor. He didn't have an answer. My wife's uncle, a tough physician in the UK, who has been knighted by the Queen of England, with OB, says unless they remove some antibodies, she can never have a child. That is science for you. That is scientific. But one day, in December 1996, this happened in 94, 1994-1995, 90, 94, with doctors speaking, but we went for a full gospel meeting. During ministration, the president of full gospel just walked to her and said, the Lord says, a year by now, you will have a child. A year, God says, the reports of my wife's uncle, a tough surgeon who has been knighted by the current Queen of England, said unless we remove all the antibodies, she can never have a child. The professor attending to her didn't even know what to do, but God spoke. When God spoke, two other children came. (laughs) That is what I'm saying. Life is not scientific. Let's draw closer to God and hear His Word. What God has said in His Word. What God is saying to us. You see, If we want to serve God and work with let's mean business. It's because we have come to the point in our lives where I'm sure sometimes the unbelievers around us are wondering, where is our God? But our God is alive with His Word. If only we can make time and listen to what God is saying. We don't have time for God. Or we are not hearing, because we are not used to hearing Him but let's begin to hear God. You see, because why will God withhold any good thing from us? He will not. He's waiting on us. So he said, God says, a year by now, she will have a child. <laughs> so my daughter Ruth came. And you know, when she came for two weeks, the doctors were taking her to the hospital. We are checking it, we are checking that. All what they were saying, I did. I was not hearing. Even though they were speaking, I was not hearing. Because I said to myself that God said we'll have a child, so she has come. And indeed, as they were speaking, my mind was far ahead where as if I was holding her to the altar for her marriage. Not what the doctors were saying. Not what the doctors... I don't remember what kind of faith God gave to me in 1997. Because I said, God has spoken. And I will do all things by the word of God. Hallelujah. So what I'm saying is that life is spiritual. And God is speaking. And the enemy is trying to counteract and interfere. That is why more than ever, brethren, you and I have to be spiritual. And God will speak. So no matter what the situation is, God will speak. Hallelujah. The third point, what I think, is that many of us are living too much without God. Too much. And I think that sometimes, when everything is smooth, and things are, are so comfortable, we forget about God. Indeed, you see this experience when you travel out... I think I was in Vienna in 2007. I came out of the hotel. I asked the, the porter. Today is Sunday. Can I find a place to go to church? Or so why are you not going to church? So why do I need a church? Even if I lose my job, there's unemployment benefits. When I'm sick, there's health insurance. When I have to go on holiday, government will pay. But why do I need God? But maybe in Africa... Even where they take home pay doesn't take you home. We need to rise up and go to God more than ever. And God will come to us. Hallelujah. So in Genesis chapter 13, Lot, you know the story between Lot and Abraham. In Genesis chapter 13 verse 10, where there has been a conflict, how to struggle over the land. What did Lot do? That is what most of us are doing. It's what our eyes can see. That was what Lot did. Lot lifted up his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan that it was well watered everywhere. Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, the land was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of the Egypt, as you go toward Zora. Verse eleven. Then Lord chose for himself all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated from each other. Verse twelve. Let's go, let's go to thirteen. And look at this verse: What Lord saw was a land well watered, because he was in the natural, He was in the physical. He didn't see deep. He didn't know God. There was no revelation. So He said, "But the men of Sodom were exceedingly wicked and sinful against the Lord. If God You haven't heard from God, the land may look well watered. But what it is that is on the land, what it is that is on the land, the wickedness, the spirits, the evil ones on the land, until or unless God has spoken to you, you will think it is well watered. And that is what many of us are doing. That is why tonight I'm saying that live according to the word of God. If you are living according to the word of God, you know whether I have to go to that Sodom or not to go. Thanks be to God, Abraham listened, and he just observed God, and God spoke. So the subsequent verses for Abraham, and the Lord said to Abraham, after Lord has separated from him, lift up your eyes. Certainly God knows that that land will be a good land. There will be nothing like but wicked men dwell there. But when you look, take decisions based on what you can see, because it looks well watered, you will go and meet certain wicked men. You will meet certain things that you never knew because there was no revelation, because there was no understanding. Tonight, as we are saying, do all things. Where even some of us go to recite. All we know is that my landlord is chasing me. So anywhere, Bhubra, you don't know where you are. It is not in every house that we live. May the Lord lead all of us. Wherever, even where we work, it's not everywhere that we work. But we think we know too much. The fourth point. Why I believe we need the Word of God. Let's look at Psalm 18, verse 30. Psalm 18, verse 30. He says, as for God, His way is what? Perfect. The Word of God is proven. He is a shield to all who trust Him. And here the emphasis is on the fact that it is not only perfect, but then it is proven. In fact, other version says it's been tried and tested. It's been tried and what? Tested. I'm sure many of us buy products, they've written on it, made in maybe 1720. And you think that because it was made in 1720, it is the best. But the word of God has been there from the beginning. So between the word of God and that product, which one will you take? That product is still about 200 years. But the word of God has been present from the beginning. Hallelujah. And the word of God is not only tried and tested, but God also has a track record. Joshua chapter 23 verse 14. Joshua chapter 23 verse 14. Behold, This day I am going the way of all the earth. And you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that not one thing has failed of all the good things. That is the track record of the one who is making the promise. So Joshua said not one Ten has failed that God has said. There is nothing in the word of God that God has said that has not come to pass. So Joshua said, me, I'm going. But what I'm telling you is that whatever word God has said, whatever promise God has said, it shall come to pass. And that is the track record of the God that we serve. That is the track record when God says anything in his word. You and I should believe that certainly it shall come to pass. Because God has a track record. Hallelujah. Ah, and not only that, we should also begin to know that God's word carries weight. That's another point. Let's look at Second Peter chapter three, verses three to five. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 3 to 5. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, working according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Verse 5. For this they willfully forgot, that by the word of God, by the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out in the water. Verse 6, by which the world then existed, perished, being flooded with water. But listen to the verse 7. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, the heavens and the earth are being preserved by the word of God. The whole heavens and the earth are being preserved by a word of God and are reserved for the fire until the day of judgment. Perdition of the ungodly. So what is even holding? If for any reason you don't even seem to see the weight. Of the word of God. In fact, some version says that the heavens and earth today are kept by the word of God. The whole heavens and the earth are kept together by the word of God. Not by any instruments. That is the kind of weight we must begin to attach to the word of God. God speaks The heavens and the earth comes into being. God speaks and he holds things in his hands. His word keeps the heavens and earth together. Not by scientific instruments. But because he has spoken, the heavens and the earth are not going to fall until he says, let them fall. That is the weight. That is the power. That is the authority. Attached to the word of God. And I'm saying tonight. That if you believe in the word of God. Then begin to sit up. And do all things according to the word of God. Because it is bad. By a certain power and force. That nothing can stand it. Nothing. If God speaks. And the heavens and the earth are hanging there. By his word. Then his word should not be taken lightly. I don't know at this stage if you are following what we are doing whether we should take the word of God lightly. Because the word of God is power. It moves things like we heard last week. The creative power of the word of God. God speaks and things happen. He speaks and things happen. And when he speaks you better obey it and work by it. And as you obey it and work with it, you see the change in your life. So these are some reasons why I've given for us to do all things according to the Word of God. What are some of the areas? Sometimes in our career, whatever we are doing, in Genesis chapter 26 verses 1 and 2, here we are looking at some areas. Genesis 26, verses 1 and 2. It says, there was a famine in the land. Besides the first famine, that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of Philistines in Jerah verse 2. Then said, Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I tell you. Brethren, there is famine. But God is saying, You, Isaac, stay here. I believe that if Isaac hadn't heard the word of God, he would have moved. Because everybody is going to Egypt. Everybody is going to Egypt. But in that land where there is famine, I'm sure we all know the story. He planted. And we are told it was a hundredfold. Is that a place where there is famine? And Isaac plants. I think it's the verse 13. To, the verses 26, uh, 12 to 13 of Genesis 26. Genesis 26 verse 12 and 13. Then Isaac sowed in that land. And reaped the same year a hundredfold. A land where there is famine. A land where there is drought. When God spoke, His harvest, His yield was a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. There was famine in that land. But because God spoke, He said, Live here. Stay here. I will bless you. And indeed, He was blessed. That is the word of God. That is the word of God. He says, the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became prosperous. Maybe the English people will teach us. He continued prospering. He said, the man began to prosper, continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Maybe we need an interpretation in a few other languages for us to understand his prosperity because a word came forth. And that is what we need. But sometimes, everybody is going to Egypt. There is a time to go to Egypt. And there is a time not to go there. Except by the word of God. Why am I saying so? When Christ was born, the same Egypt, there came a time when the Lord dreamt to take Jesus Christ to Egypt. But on this occasion, God told Isaac, don't go to Egypt. What does it tell you and I? It means if God hasn't spoken, you don't move. The same Egypt, God will send Christ for safekeeping. But the same Egypt, Isaac dare not go there. You only move when God has spoken. And if you move by the prompting of God, He said, you will yield what a hundredfold. That is God. Again, I'll give you a testimony. When we finished graduate school in 1981, we were 22 in class. Just about three of us were left. One of unfortunately passed away a week ago, sadly. The rest of the class, it was the Agege time. So virtually everybody left for Nigeria, some to Egypt, uh, to Libya, the class of 22. Even me who was faint-hearted, I attempted to get a passport. So indeed, I got a passport. In those days, the late Siang's brewery had been taken over, Tata brewery, and he attempted to build a new one in Liberia. And because we were connected, I say me too, I'm leaving for Liberia. I did everything to get a passport. But the day I got a passport, it's as if some ice water had been poured on me. Say, you are not moving anywhere. When all my friends are gone, and I'll be in Ghana, they'll bring me. Those days, even Omo, somebody had to give me to from Nigeria. For the younger ones, if you don't know. Omo, key soap, maybe not key soap, guardian soap, will have to come from Nigeria. That was in the days of the revolution. And all my mates are left. But I had to live here. But thanks be to God. I don't think today my story, as I look at this verse, he said he began to prosper, continue prospering, and became prosperous. So some of my mates who left, so I couldn't go, because it was like a freeze has been put on me. So I had to live in this Ghana, in this drought, in those days. Beloved, the friends who went, some came back later, and I had to sit on an interview panel to interview them for jobs. That is what God does. In the midst of the droughts, when everybody else had left, he said, you should stay. And as I stayed, I was not disgraced. And that was in Ghana's situation, 1983, 84, 85. I'm sure by the friend of Sophie you know. In the young guys maybe you don't know. but you have to kill for kinki. You put a stone to form a kill for your kinki. In that situation, God says stay. Who will stay? But thanks be to God. Doing all things by the word of God, I stayed. And today, ultimately, before I retired, at least, I got to the level where I could even act as Director General of SNET if I hadn't stayed. So at a point in time, SNETs accessed over $5 once upon a time, I will also sign something. Because I stayed. you understand? That is the word of God. Amen. So even your career, another area of our life that we can look at is even in ministry. Or in the things of God. You remember David wanted to build a temple for the Lord. I believe there was nothing wrong with it. In Second Samuel chapter 7, there was nothing wrong. Because, and then Nathan told him, if in your heart you want to build, go ahead and build. But he said, but that very night, the Lord appeared to Nathan and said, go tell David he is not the one to build the temple for God. Go and tell my servant David, that saith the Lord, a word of God, would you build a house for me to dwell in? So even the things that we do for God, if we haven't heard from God, and we try to do it, I can see God saying, who sent you? Who directed you? What do you think that you are doing? Is it God who told you to do it? We do things that even God has not told us. Because we think, oh, it's saving for God. But as our topic says, doing all things according to the word of God, even let's hear from God. Hallelujah. Whatever God wants you to do, you must hear from him. The fourth point has to do with even in our relationships. It looks so simple. The little little bitterness offences here and there. If you hear from God, we'll manage our relationships better. Hallelujah. So even in First Peter chapter 2, verse 20 to 23, first Peter chapter 2, verse 20 to 20 says, For what credit is it if when you are beaten for your faults, you take it patiently. But when you do good and suffer. You take it patiently. This is commendable before God. Mm-hmm. Brother, did we hear? You have done good. God says you suffer for it, and you have to be commended for it. In fact, other version says it is acceptable. If we can do that, won't we have peace? We will have, but we don't do that. So, and I'm saying that all those offenses, the things that we are fighting, if we say we want to follow God's word, we'll be able to endeavor to maintain the unity of the faith. So if we are doing all things according to the word of God, everything will be done according to God's word. Strife, confusion will be eliminated or completely reduced whether in our marital, in our homes, in the ministry, wherever, it will be done. Last but not the least area, even in our national discourse and politics, I ask myself as believers, what is the mind of God for our nation? As we decide or take part in political issues, what informs our decision? I see that sometimes in prior to elections, there will be polls. They believe believers, we are following the polls. Oh, this will win. That will win. I ask myself, what is God saying? But we are not hearing from God. If we hear from God, even in our national discourse, national issues, God will speak to us, and then we will know the mind of God. Sometimes, if you become too entrenched and it takes sides, even when God says something, you won't hear. Because you can't expect that thing to happen. But if you say you've got to a point, you are above the pettiness and the politics, you hear what God is saying. And as you hear what God is saying, nothing surprises you. So even in all things, In our family life, national discourse, ministry, marital, whatever it is, God is speaking. If only we can pay attention, we will hear him speak. And as he speaks, you will find that life will be peaceful. You will have that inner peace because you would have known that whatever I am doing, I am doing it according to the will of God. What I am doing pleases God. You see, and God's purpose is that here on earth we will manifest His glory. We can only manifest God's glory when we do things that God has said and they are results. And the results are there for people to see. And then they can say, wow, your God has done this. This has been the finger of God. Again, as we do things according to the word of God, for me, it is a proof of our love for God. If you love God, you will do what he tells you, and then he shows that you are his child. Then, then you can be like a, see, a true seed of Abraham, where you are a friend of God. So tonight, the message and the teaching, that is it. Doing all things according to the word of God. The fearful thing is that if you don't do it, it means you are rebelling against God you are fighting against God. And remember, our theme is that it is blessing. It is blessed. Which means, if you don't do it, the blessing that is supposed to come forth will not come. And you'll be struggling. Even though, for a moment, a certain success will come. But we are talking about good success. Success that will last generations. It was from Abraham to Isaac to Jacob and Israel because they live according to the word. So that even when we are gone, the generations after us, because we lived and did all things according to the word of God, they will see that our prosperity and our success is coming through. The only challenge is that from today we shall learn to be more spiritual. That is the only thing that will make the difference to be more spiritual and say, so what is God saying? God, speak to me. God, give me understanding. I am not even moving until I have heard from God. I am not even buying this until I have heard from God. Because otherwise, as it is now, our, our orientation is that, well, I have worked. I have earned my income. Let me buy what I want to buy. What we forget is that God probably intervened and you got a job. God has made it possible for your company to be prosperous, to be able to be paying you monthly. And now you want to take God out of your decisions. That is our ingratitude. But for how long? For how long shall we let God grieve? He says, I want to bless my people, but they are not hearing, they are not listening to me. I want to bless my people, but they are not doing according to my word. I want to see my glory on the earth manifested, but the people are not going according to my word. But then let's rise up and please God, and let God's glory be manifested on this earth. Shall we bow down our heads?